Hey y'all, welcome to the Working Dog Wednesday show on the Fueled by Joy Working Dog Podcast, brought to you by Joy Dog Food. Now, I'm your host, Mike Green. I'm the owner and operator of Cottonville Road Kennels, located in Norwood, North Carolina. I want to let you know for more information about Joy Dog Food or to find a Joy dealer near you, visit joydogfood.com. Now let's get on to the show. Fuel your dog with confidence. Fuel them with power. Fuel them with Joy High Performance 2618, made with the highest quality of ingredients, with beef being the first. Our key ingredients, omega-3 and 6 fatty acids, glucosamine and chondroitin, vitamin E and zinc, will have your dog's coat looking healthier than ever, healthier joints, and a stronger immune system. Not only will your dog have more confidence in the field with our high performance, but you can rest assured that you are feeding your dog a top quality food, knowing that all of our products are 100% American made and our brand has gone over 75 years without any recalls. Fuel your dog with confidence. Fuel them with Joy High Performance 2618. Call 800-245-4125 or visit our website, joydogfood.com, to find a dealer near you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mike Green. I'm your host for Working Dog Wednesday, and you're listening to the Fuel by Joy Working Dog Podcast. And I just want to welcome each one of you to the show. And uh, thank you each week that you tune in, that you download the uh, podcast and uh, take the opportunity to listen to it. And we hope that you do that and share it anytime you want to on social media or wherever you want to. We appreciate that as well. So as uh, always, I want to let you know if you have any uh uh, suggestions or any any requests that you would like to make you can always email me at mike at joydogfood.com that's mike at joydogfood.com i'll get you email i'll respond to it and then uh, i'll take into consideration whatever it is that you have uh, requested or suggested and uh, we appreciate that so welcome to the show and it's my pleasure today to introduce you to jonathan collins jonathan lives up in mount vernon kentucky and uh, he is the owner and operator of Slowdown Kennels. Jonathan, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Been a long day, just sitting here relaxing a while. That's good. That's good. And uh, and you work every day. You you uh, run a roofing business or something, don't you? Yes, yes. Jonathan Collins's Roofing and Remodeling. Yes, sir. There you go. That's the way to get a little tag in right there. I hear you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some well, advertising. Maybe you? for next year. We're covered up right now. <laughs> There you go. Hey, that's a blessing. That's a blessing for sure. Yeah. And so, well, Jonathan, uh, Jonathan's thirty-two years old. Or excuse me, forty-two years old, and he's been in the in the legal business since he was uh, got his first dog when he was around ten years old. And uh, he comes from a family of houndsmen. And uh, I know this is going to surprise some of you guys. You don't hear about this much, but uh, Jonathan has got fifty head of dog and a combination of a few coon hounds, and the rest are beagles. He loves his dogs and uh, he takes well good care of them and uh, we appreciate him being on the show today. So I hope y'all enjoyed the show, Jonathan. Let's get right into it, old buddy. And yeah. uh, how about you uh, tell us a little bit about Slow Down Kennels and and uh, just repeat there where you where it's at and uh, and all that good all that good stuff where we can get the information out. You can tell it better than I can. Yeah, yes, uh, Mike. I'm 42. Lived here in the county all my life. I'm born and raised in Mount Vernon, Kentucky. Owner operator of Slowdown Kennels. I am um, 
We have had a same old bloodline for years we have. We've raised a lot of beagles going back to Stony Hill Gator, Badger's Brush Bandit, Haunted Hill Shaker, Primetime. And then here six, seven years ago, we got really serious, uh, some line breeding crossing back into the Branco hounds. No, you can't go wrong there, old buddy. <laughs> no, I enjoy them, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so so I want to get to this 50 dog this fifty dog deal right here because, uh, good gracious, I don't even know what I would do with 50 dogs down here at my place. But uh, uh, tell yeah. me how you acquired all them dogs. Well, it's been over years, Mike. Uh, you know, this breeding, we're we trying to keep a good solid line of dogs, raise a good solid line of dogs, and reproduce a good solid line of dogs. We really start gaining in the heads of dogs probably 15, 16 years ago. We was a raising off my original stock we was, which was a Stony Hill Gator primetime Badger Brush Bandit mainly. And, uh, you know, I was getting to the end of my breeding there with those dogs. It was getting pretty tight line bred they was. And I end up looking through pads, and I would see pads of dogs that, you know, you look at a four-generation pad, and it may say Collins, Mike Green, Dove Mans. I mean, there would be so many different names in those dogs. And I called Frida and talked with her and Brinko one night. I actually had sent her a copy of a pad, and it really straightforward. It really hurt my feelings, it did. She said that this pad has got too much hodgepodge in it. That's exactly the words that she had told me. And she went into depth with all of it, explained herself what she had meant to her. But what she had meant was, is there wasn't going to be no consistency in that bloodline she did. And uh, boy, I never will forget it. Like I said, his was pretty harsh words at that time. It kind of melted me, it did. But looking back, I mean, I understand clearly now what they was letting me know and what they was trying to explain to me. So... When I was inquiring about more dogs, I ended up turning to Branco to get some more dogs I did to better my breeding program. And i done a lot of studying on it, got to watch several of the Branco hounds run. But like I felt like I was dealing with one family of dogs. So when I got to crossing those in with my dogs, I wasn't having to worry about trying to weed out a lot of stuff or a lot of faults or this or that, foot, mouth. I felt like breeding one true family of dogs that I would get a better outcome at the end of the day. Well, um, well, we, I can, I can say this, that, uh, uh I love Frida and Branco and, uh, um, uh, so I know she, whatever she told you, I know that it was uh, heartfelt and I know that it was hard to hear, but there's one thing you can't, you can't, uh, never deny she's going to be straight off the hip with you. She's honest with you. Branco same yeah. way. And we can appreciate that with them and their their years of experience. And uh, uh, I know exactly what she's talking about there. And you know, you 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 know, like I do, uh, people. <clears throat> excuse me, people send you a pedigree, and uh, they say, "Well, what do you think about this pedigree right here?" Well, all right, well that's, that looks good, but uh, tell me about the dog. You know, uh, yes, most definitely, most definitely. I can't. Uh, I can't. Uh... Well, Mike, what really, what really caught my attention? I mean, I try to listen, I try to see, and just look at the whole big picture here. In that conversation, 
they was no talk about just trying to sell me a dog. You know, they wasn't on there just trying to sell me a dog. They wasn't. So that really stuck with me. Her words was, and he has, because when I was talking to him, they was both on the phone talking to me at the same time. And uh, she said she didn't care what family of dogs it was, that I needed to find me a good, solid family of dogs that I enjoyed, I really liked, that met my needs, and I needed to stick with that, you know. Absolutely. And that really caught my attention, it did. You know, I felt like it was good, honest advice because it wasn't, hey, you need a Brinko hound. I got one for sale. It wasn't no, no trying to get my money that day. It was honestly trying to give me great advice, you know. Yeah. And, and like I said, it kind of hurt at that time. But looking back now, that was 15 years ago. That was the best advice that I felt like anybody could give me at that time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, and I know that, uh, I like the, I like that what you mentioned there about, she didn't care what family dog it come from, just get the one and stick to it. And instead of crossing back and doing this and trying to get into something that's already been kind of mixed up over the years and become, uh, yes. for lack of a better term has become a little bit generic. And, uh, and right. so, uh, yeah, man, I, I, and we can appreciate that. We can appreciate that level of honesty there. Uh, when it comes yep. to, to comes to that, so uh, so you stuck with the with, which I know you have, and uh, several other people that know you know you have, and you stuck with the with the Branco bloodline, that style of dog, and uh, for these for these many years, and I have too, and uh, we really appreciate the years that they've put into their breeding program there, so that uh, we can move forward with it, you know, into the future, and uh, and also you got all these dogs you got all them 50 dogs you got some dogs there that are retired you got dogs that are you know uh brood dogs or just dogs that are just hanging out and puppies and running dogs and how do you how how, when it comes down to your pack of uh your main pack what what size of a main pack do you have right there i have 15s and 13s i do mike uh at the end of the day i probably like the 15 inch class better i like a big hound always have uh, but now I do have uh, I have a couple packs of some really nice young prospects in the 13 inch class as well. Oh yeah. yeah. When yeah. I make a breeding mic, I I make it solely purpose for myself. I'll let one or two go, but now I I make the breeding for myself to better my kennels. So I mean, sometimes it's hard to predict size, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and that and you know that's what we do here at the kennel. We uh. You know, when I make a cross, I make it for me. And then the pups that the pups that leave here after that, you know, that's the other people reap the benefit of being able to get in on that uh, when I decide to part with the pups. But uh, um, but I make that cross. I don't I don't I don't take into counsel uh, what somebody else thinks about my dogs. I I make that no. cross there, and I know you do the same thing. You're you're the one who has to feed them your joy dog feed. That's right. <laughs> you are. Make sure you're happy with them. For foremost, make sure you're happy with them. Yep, that's exactly right. And it, and then you know, in a uh, flavor of the month, ain't never made anybody happy. Nope, 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 nope. I've been around flavor of the month a lot. A lot of that is just the guy's name that owns the dog. They don't even look at the dog on the flavor of the month. That'll be who owns the dog at mm-hmm. that point. That's right. That's right. And yeah, you yeah. know. And you know a lot about uh, uh, field trialing and, and things of that nature. But before we get into that too far, 
Um, uh, now you've got some, you've got your family there, your kids, and, uh, do, do they, they participate with you and you, and you? Oh, yes, Mike. Yes. I cannot give my wife enough credit. I mean, this, this would not be possible without my wife and my children, which is my daughter. Now she's, she's about ready to get married, moved out, gone to college, all that good stuff. So my son helps. And if my daughter even comes home to visit that day, she knows, Hey, I'm going to go help mom and dad take care of the dogs, you know? It is. We're a very, very hardworking family with the dogs. I do a lot of difference with my dogs, Mike. What you know, a lot of guys uh, they they may be doing whatever they would like to do. These days, I, if I'm not working, I may spend two hours just looking at the dogs. I mean, we have we have devoted our whole life to that little twenty six, twenty seven pound dog we have. Yeah, yeah, and that means a lot to the dog too. It means a lot to the dog's health. Uh, yeah, I, you yeah. know, and a lot of people would probably say. Well, you can't manage fifty dogs like that, but a houndsman can. A houndsman knows yeah, what he's yeah, doing. Most definitely. And you know well, you, every dog. Well, when you get this kind of dogs, Mike, the, I, a lot of people probably wouldn't want to be that dedicated. We don't go out to eat. We we I'm well, I ain't gonna say we don't go out none. We may go out once a month. But ninety percent of our family time is spent at the kennels, it is. I mean that's how we've made our lifestyle, it is. And we don't know nothing else but that. I mean, we get up, we take care of dogs, we go to work, uh, come home at dinner time, take care of dogs. We're always doing something with the dog. We are. Well, that, that makes that a that makes that a family uh, a, a family uh, a event, a family kennel. Let's just say you yes, got a sir. you a family man with a family kennel, and uh, most definitely, most definitely, it's not just me at no time. My wife misses a lot of sleep. I mean, there'll be nights that I have to get up doing a hard roof, hot day, and she will be up all night with the dog. She will. So, I mean, she's as much a uh, dog woman, I guess you'd call it, as I am dog man, you know. We call them hounds, hound ladies. Hound ladies. That's Hound ladies. I know I have got some friends, Mike. They, uh, they take me to death. They say, my wife is going to kill me if I bring another dog. And I'm sitting there thinking, Lord, you would be in trouble at my house. <laughs> You would, but I got lucky. I got lucky. My dog, my wife loves animals. It don't matter. I mean, man, if if she could, she would pick up every mud on the side of the road and bring home if she could. You oh, know. Lord. So, yeah. so I'm fortunate, man. I am very fortunate with family and and our kennel. So that's how the kennel is operated and run. It's it's family. I mean, 100 percent family. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what matters too, and especially in our society today and we won't get into that but uh it uh families being families and having something in common means a lot you know and your daughter coming no, in from school and things like yeah. that and helping out down there they know the they know what the family does and that's your that's your culture and that's your family routine and that's how y'all spend time i think it's awesome yeah. man uh, when well, have... we got a routine, Mike. We go down to the kennels. I dump dog feed. If my wife hasn't already took care of it for the day, I dump dog feed. She'll clean water bowls, and the sun's going behind me, a scraping and cleaning, you know. Yep, yep. And our kennels, I mean, at any time, uh, you can go down there. My water bowls will be cleaner enough that you'd say, wow, that's cleaner enough for me to get a drink out of, you know. Yeah. They get sponge. They get sponge cleaned. They do daily. They do the, the kennels. You'll never see waste laying around in my kennels. My kennels will be clean. I mean, they, they're 100%. I mean, they're as clean as uh, my, my dog kennels, as clean as anybody's home. Or my building down there, I got my brood feed mails in my 
my wepping station and all that. I mean, it's as clean as, as you would go in. The floors get swept out. I mean, it is thoroughly cleaned, it is. Good, good. And that means a lot. You, you know, uh, the, yeah. the health of that dog is all about mm-hmm. that habitat, you know, or that, that environment that you have that dog living in. Um, yeah, yes. I don't, I don't like to go somewhere and see a see a, a kennel in a mess you know you go somewhere to uh, buy a puppy or something you get there and it's a you know you about had to buy the puppy to rescue it you know bless its yep, heart yep. And, uh, oh yeah I've, yes, seen, yes. I've seen that more than one time unfortunately but uh yeah i don't i just don't understand that i don't you know uh which is i gotta watch again what i say but now to me i mean how would you like it if you had to lay in there say i look at it you know mm-hmm. it is and I, I look at it in that perspective and i don't want to lay in it neither does that dog if i'm gonna spend the money on that dog to haul it all over the country and spend my gas money and my time that dog's gonna be treated good at home that's where it starts at guys at home and that food bowl it is that's right that's right man you 100 percent right on that that now uh what kind of terrain you running up there most of the time when you go out in the field? Most of ours, Mike, uh, be heavy, heavy blackberry briars. We have cerisa, we have trees, we have dozer paws, uh, clear cuts. That's where they come in and cut all the timber down to nothing pretty well. We do. A lot of steep country. I mean, we got hills here we have, not very flat. They ain't much flat land, so you'll be running a little bit of everything like that, you will, and I would say mostly, oh, about all my running grounds will be uh, blackberry briars, oh, wild rose briars, and uh, kudzu vine is what we call it. Oh, yeah, I like a good kudzu patch. Yes, um, yes, it's tough, ain't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, you you know, you, I run mostly pine thickets down here, old cut, you know, replanted pine thickets or, or cutovers, you know, that they've come in and cleared yeah. and replanted, and uh, that's pretty much everything that I've got down here. But I've got a few down towards the swamp land we got a few kudzu patches down there old dog he'll get hot in a kudzu patch won't he yes boy they but you you turn your back you'd say man them dogs are rolling look down at your garmin they're going a two mile an hour you <laughs> know right. trying to dig through that's right that's the truth too boy that's the way it is down here and that stuff grows wild as it can ever be i believe it can jump a place and go right back to growing you know and uh yeah, but yes. it's good uh, it's good for habitat it's good for rabbit habitat yeah. um it's good for uh it's good for all wildlife really well um, you'll find out too how much hunt your dog has got when you put them in it don't they ask the truth you said that yeah right. yeah yes and then i you, got one or two myself i mean every dog i own ain't a jump dog it ain't i've got one or two boy they'll look for a little way around it now they won't look a way around it they're running a track they're gonna run that track wherever they got to run it but now it takes a true-hearted hunting dog, jump dog, to get in it, you know. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And, and then, that's something I'm big on, Mike. If a dog don't hunt here, I do not start hit a rabbit. I mean, I'm not going to tolerate that. Mm-mm. They're going to have hunt if they're they're eating my joy dog feed. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's the truth. Now, you got to have some prerequisites for everything, and uh, definitely but, going. They got to have brains to stay here, and they got to have hunt. For sure, just I, you know, I well I'll worry about the speed later, but we gonna we gonna yeah. get them brains in that hunt right. And uh, well, to me, there's nothing no more embarrassing than, than going out with a group of guys and your dog standing under your feet. I mean, there's nothing I hate no worse than that dog just standing there. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I ran with some guys the other day, the other morning. <clears throat> we went out and run, and uh, my buddy Chris, my buddy Jacob, we went out and run, and uh. uh 
it got on up about, I don't know, it was on up about 10.30 in the morning. You know, we've been out there several hours. The dogs was running pretty good. And old boy's dog come down the road right there and stopped and just stood there in the road. He was like, man, I hate that dog done that, you know, whatever. And I looked at him and I said, well, let me tell you something. If we had just turned the box out, that'd been one thing. I said, but it, it, it's 91 degrees out here. And uh, uh, and that dog's probably hunting a water bowl. So, and uh, so there's certain times, you know, where we can say, oh, okay, you know, well, you done been running for five hours and it's ninety degrees. Um, we can we can let we can let you live, get you some water, get you freshened up a little bit. But uh, it was getting on about time to go anyways there on that dog. But you know, like you said, I don't like one standing in the road. I don't care if he goes out in that pine thicket and lays down, and takes a nap, but he better not be standing in that road. He better be hid from me, hadn't you? That's right. <laughs> he, better, yeah, yeah, he better yeah. hide and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's a term that a lot of people use. Uh, they use down here, uh, uh, male dogs especially. They say it's hunting pretty good for a male dog, guys. You're around the wrong dogs. Because yeah, it's right. a male dog, don't mean it ain't got no hunt. You know, that's that's just the term. Yeah, that's an old, that's an old wives' tale that uh, the males don't hunt. Shoot, I got my males down there, they hunt and old percy he's dead now but i tell you what old percy he he done it up i i ain't gonna own one i don't care if it's a male or female or whatever you want to call it if it ain't gonna hunt it ain't gonna eat no Not no here. and i think i think a lot of people's losing a little track of that too especially in the akc format i mean we see so much of the the men standing or the dogs standing in the path and the men in the bars trying to find a rabbit and that that just really burns me up with uh especially a lot of AKC SPL format. It does. Yeah. I mean that is backwards. Well, uh, you know, for years, uh, those guys they bred so much control into that SPO stuff at, that they they bred the hunt slap eyed the dog. Yes, buddy. I mean the the tally ho. I didn't even know what that meant. I mean, I had no clue what tally ho meant. I went to a trial. You know, <laughs> I did. We never. You know. Uh, which is anybody does what they want to with the dogs, but well, it was always a meat hunter. If that dog wasn't hunting, that dog a lot of times, man, he he went on about his way, you know. Mm-hmm. He did. That dog didn't get fed. He didn't. He didn't come home. He didn't. No, 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 no. And and there again, like I said, those guys they bred them dogs like that for years and years and years, and you go about three three uh, generations of breeding dogs for control and then you take the hunt out of them and by the time yep. they realize they've, the hunt's gone then they you know now it's got they got to revamp and redo their their breeding program and you know that's, to each his own if that's what they like that's you know oh yeah hey. most definitely most definitely uh, so if there's anybody yeah. out there that's listening and you got you got that problem right there we are not criticizing we're just we're just talking about you no, know we're just talking about what we like that's right that's right and that's what uh that's what we want to we want to make sure folks know that because we definitely most uh definitely. definitely ain't crit i respect all styles i respect all breeds yeah. Um, of of beagles and and uh, all bloodlines, I respect them all. You know, because there yeah, again, like you said, they ain't got to eat my feed. Nope, nope, nope. That's right. That's right. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to give anybody the impression that we are uh, putting any down. And I, you know, it's, it can't please everybody. <laughs> so, nope, so, <laughs> so we can't please them all. But but we do respect all all formats and all styles. But. You well, know, that, that's what makes the world go around, Mike. Everybody's got to like different. If we all liked a black truck, they wouldn't be a red one, you know. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. 
and uh, uh well and then too you know when you're talking about the the field trial and stuff now you you uh now me i run ukc mostly because that's that's uh man i gotta drive all the way up there about your way before i can get to a akc hunt but uh yeah but i but around here you know and uh you know i run nowadays you know different than whenever i was younger and field trialing and stuff where i right. used to run all over the country but but now I try to keep it between North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, and I don't get to go a whole lot. Not like I used to go. Well, and, now, uh, we're truly blessed, Mike. I can I can go to. Well, I, I've never really done a math on it. We can go to seven or eight trials right here within twenty minutes of my house. We cancel. We're truly blessed there in the AKC. You know, mm. we we'll, yeah twenty twenty five thirty minutes, and we can be to you know several trials right here this up the road. We can. Mm hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the thing is though, Jonathan, I'm, I'm the vice president over here at Rocky river Beagle club. It's a uh, AKC SPO UGBF style dogs. And, uh, and I'm the vice president over there, but I don't got a dog on the compound down here that I can put in one of their hunts, you know, right, right, uh, but, right. but I, I, I go over there and I, I hang out with the guys and I network with them and, and, and help out because I, I respect all style of dog and, and what they do. And, that's 15 minutes from my house. I'd love for them to, I'd love for them to have a, a different, different format of AKC hunt over there, but you know, it is what it is. And, uh, I respect what they do and I'm just, I'm there to help out and do the best I can. But, uh, you, you that close to that many field trials, uh, how many, how many hunts do you uh, now? I know you probably like me, the older we get, the less we run, but, uh, my hunt is really slowed down, Mike. I'm going to try to go to a few when it cools off a little bit more. I am. My dogs are getting of age now. They're coming through. That's when I, that's when I like to really start doing something with them. But now, my hunts has really slowed down. It has, and it ain't due to nothing but work. I mean, I have mm-hmm. a lot, lot called on me, Mike. A lot of work. I mean, we put on a hundred and some roofs and this year, and we still like around sixty more. Not counting the remodeling side, we do. Yeah, yeah, and that's a. Uh... And that that always put, and it's just the same for me, you know. As I pastor a church, you know, it's hard for me to get away and be gone for a, a Friday or Saturday, and especially ain't gonna be gone on a Sunday. And uh, uh, I, I save my my Sundays that I take off each year. I save them to go spend time with my family. So um, yes. it's just not something that I can feasible unless I go to the world or to the nationals or you know or something like that. But. Uh, uh, but as far as regular hunts, you won't see me on a Sunday hunt, and uh, that's one thing I like about AKC. Now they mo- they run most of their hunts on Friday, Saturday, don't they? Yes, yes, most definitely, yes. No, now AKC, uh, the Midwest or Mid South, they'll have a Sunday. Usually, it'll be like males uh, on Saturday, females on Sunday, and I have heard some of them, which is I'm a little outdated. Like I said, I haven't been been going as often. But uh, I did hear some people say that they was going to try to switch that up, and then that way, because a lot of men was missing missing a hunt or having to send their dog because they was going to church on Sunday. So I think now, if I ain't made a mistake, and they're going to mix some of that up to where the, they'll have rotation on that and where guys will be able to come handle their dogs and not miss church, you know. Yeah, well, that's what we do. Uh, well, here in North Carolina, all all the AKC clubs down here, are uh fridays uh and then saturday they they don't have hunts on sundays and uh and i i guess it's just always been that way down this way but uh that's why i I guess i was under the impression that all of them done that but 
Um, I always said if I ever had a, if I ever started a UKC club down here that I was going to have, uh, when I had a two day hunt, it was going to be on Friday and Saturday. If somebody said something about it and say, well, don't come, you know, if yeah, you get, I'd, rather, I'd much rather miss a day's work on Friday and to be able to go to church or spend family time Sunday myself. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and, you know, uh, and they say everybody's different. Not everybody goes to church. Not everybody works on Friday. And some people work out, you know, everybody's different in what they do. Um, right. but, uh, you know, it's like I told a boy one day, he's like, well, he's like, you can take off and you can take off and come to the hunt on Sunday. And I said, yeah, that's, that's true. I could, but it wouldn't it be a lot easier if you just take off on Friday and come to the hunt. So, that's right. Yeah. Look, we're telling Mike on Sunday, the Reverend, not be at church. Say, so, so where, where's the preacher at? He's at a hunt somewhere and he gets on me because I ain't at church. <laughs> that's right. That's right, boy. You're being in trouble. Yeah, yeah. No, I got a great church family, but I, you know, I like I said, when I do take off, uh, it's usually to be with my family, not to go, not to go run dogs somewhere. Um, right. But, it, you know, and everybody's different. It, like I said, so, so the hunts that you, you know, the, the style of dog, the style of hunt that you run with the uh, AKC up there, what is that? That is either Midwest or Mid South SPO. Okay. Mid-South. And now it, it's a faster dog, Mike. It, it would be about like, I guess, what you're running in the UK, so mm. you know. Yeah. It is. I ain't going to say it's all speed and drive, but now if you ain't got some drive and, and get up and run, I mean, you're going to get left out, you know. Mm-hmm. you are. It's, it's it's tough, it is. I mean, I, I felt like some things has changed. I mean, I don't know. I know years ago, I guess that's every judge each to his own, but, man, I can remember when we would get down into a winner's pack, and if your dog wasn't in top shape and fed real good quality feed, they would run them five and six hours, Mike, and you get down them four or five dogs that was really good quality dogs that day. They they would run so hard in that four or five hours. If your dog wasn't in shape, buddy, you was out, you know. Right. Oh yeah. And, and and you know, you know, you you mentioned the speed and drive, you know, that's a that's all good and everything. And I I run a few speed and drive hunts every now and again, uh, down here in North Carolina. They're not sanctioned hunts. They're just ones that guys, uh, that 901 series and stuff that they put together down East. And, uh, cause they don't have any field trial opportunities down there. I mean, they're, they got to drive just to get to my house. They got to drive two and a half hours and then to go to <clears throat> Tennessee or Virginia or somewhere. They just got to go that much further. But, uh, um, we, we, uh, when we had our benefit hunt last year, then uh, and uh, Joy had sponsored that that benefit hunt that I put on down here. Uh, we had guys drove in here from all over the place to a speed and drive, you know, for the particular cause that we did, and uh, yeah. and we were we were thankful for that. But you know, uh, I don't I don't I can't tell people what to do or whatever. But I tell you what, the eastern part of North Carolina is flat down there. They got plenty of rabbits. I mean, they got plenty of rabbits down that way. It's right. a, they missing a good opportunity. Somebody is a starting an AKC club down there for for faster, you know, with that Midwest style or that uh, Mid South yeah. stuff. Um, yeah, missing a great opportunity. So if anybody's listening out there down in the eastern part of North Carolina, y'all need to give that some thought. Um, get us a get us a, 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 a different different style of AKC uh, field trialing going on right here. I, you'd you'd flood the place. The first hunt, they, I promised they'd flood the place. Uh, with, yes, with whoppers are too i reckon don't you mind oh yeah yeah we'll get talking about some rabbits in a minute you know we got we got marsh rabbits we got marsh rabbits we got little head and big head blue tails and then we got cotton tails 
Yes, yes. That'd be nice, boy. I tell you, I love to hear a pack row on my dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Old big, old big marsh rabbit. He, he, uh, really what we call a marsh rabbit. If you go out to Alabama or somewhere, they actually call that a swamp rabbit. It's just a, it's just a, uh, about a, it looks like a cottontail, but it's twice as big as a cottontail. And, yes. um, and so, uh, but it ain't, it ain't long and legged like a hare. It's just a big, it's just a big cottontail. I mean, you, They'll cover some ground a lot of times too. Man, what you talking about? They'll tote it now. They'll tote it. And if you if you get into them, uh, you get into them big head blue tails. So we got two different species of blue tails. Uh, what what everybody around here calls a swamp rabbit, uh, uh, which is a blue tail. They uh, they get the big head ones. They want to pull. They want to pull that head up and run, just straight take you out of out of here and then come back. You know, two or three or four or five times. But the little head swamp rabbit, Jonathan. The little head, yeah. about, his head about the size of a dip can or smaller. And, hmm. uh, man, let me tell you something. He will twist your dogs up in a bind in them, in them briar patches. And I mean, make a mess of your pack. I'm telling you, they will do that it. I know I went out to Mississippi there once. I went down and, boy, we had a great time. Uh, we stayed all night with Mr. Ross, Dwayne Ross's dad there and Bubba Ross's dad. And, Boy, the hospitality was great. Uh, his mom laid us out a big plate every day and just really good southern cooking. And we stayed our three days. We did two nights, three days. And we went down into the Delta, I think what they called it there, down in Davy Crockett's country and all that. And, boy, we got run them swampers, Mike. And it was a more of a open place with, a, I call it a little lighter cover than what we would have here and we would jump them swampers, and, man, they would run that whole bottom. And, I mean, it was huge. They would run, I mean, just big old circles in there. Now, that day, buddy, sending was up good. You better have a dog that had some foot, you know. Oh, yeah, if you're going to run, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're going to run them kind, you better. You better have yeah. that. The dog better have his mind right, too. And if you get into them, uh, like I said, if you get into the little head swamper or little head blue tails around here, what we call swamp, they're kind of black looking. They're black, uh, kind of charcoal black looking rabbit when you see them, you know. And uh, man, I'm telling you what, you tell me, and that's what I start all my puppies on. I start all my puppies on that twist and turning. I'll go somewhere where I know there's a lot of them little heads at. Yes. And and I mean, to you, I, you take a puppy, you know, that you've got started, you know, that's going fairly decent, and you take him down there and solo him, buddy, I promise you, you'll find out. And he'll learn because that rabbit will teach him. If he can run that little twist and turning rabbit, it's going to be no trouble to get up. I mean, if he's got the foot and the desire and the heart, it ain't going to be a bit of trouble for him to run the big running, you know. Oh, he can stroll on that bad boy. Yes, yeah. yes that little twist and turning, to me, that's where it's at. Because if they can buckle down and lock onto that track, they're going to do it any other time if they got the foot speed, you know, with the pack. Yeah, and I'll tell you this, <clears throat> you might have heard this before, them, them, them little blue tails like that, they – they really their own worst enemy because they they get so slick and see they won't go but just so far in front of the dog they won't run way off and try to outrun the dogs yeah. they'll they'll just get so far out in front of them and then they'll turn around and run right straight back towards that pack and then they'll oh put, I've had to run right through a pack and the dogs not even see it I don't understand yeah. that more right through the pack I had uh let's see uh this past spring uh, yeah yeah it's this past spring right it's coming out of coming out of winter headed into spring. And I seen that swamp rabbit turn around, and he was coming right back down that trail, and them dogs was headed right towards him. And I seen him lay down, flat as he could lay down, and them dogs went right over his hind end. 
never not one dog ever picked him up seen him or nothing and then he got up went on about his business they do that all uh, they do that all the time and uh they'll just squat right down i had one on video uh that i shared here a few months ago and he come right out there in front of me and belly yeah. down and the dog run right past him yeah yeah boy i really enjoy those videos you know mike uh we'll be at work a lot of times and we have a d walt radio that's bluetooth and we'll turn it on there and Boy, them dogs will be up running. Them homeowners will come out. They'll go to looking around. <laughs> I'll get a kick out of it, I will. I'll tell them, that's just Mike Green down there. <laughs> they laugh, they, they'll laugh about that. They will. They enjoy it, too. I've even had a, I've even had homeowners now that that was, uh, you know, their childhood. They was raised with dogs and rabbit dogs and maybe moved to town or something like that. No longer had them. And, shoot, I've had them to set out the whole day and, and – the whole time you was uh, doing life there and and listen to you there, I have. <laughs> well, tell them I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, hate it I hate it for them on them slow days. <laughs> yes, yes. We enjoy it. Now, i tell you what, it's, it is nice. We really enjoy what you do there. Well, I appreciate y'all tuning in to the videos and keeping up. And uh, um, I don't always see everybody that's on there watching, and uh, but I, I, try to, I try to always acknowledge everybody that I can on there and yeah. I, I do appreciate that we started that well i started that about five or six years ago and uh you know social media and i know there's a lot to be said about social media but you know when it comes to the dog world and i ain't criticizing nobody by no means or nothing but um it, it, well you're showing the good and the bad and the ugly mike that's you what know. i do that's you what do Boys, every day we go run. It ain't always good. I mean, dogs have faults. Dogs have bad days. We have bad days. It ain't always that 30-second video with them a hammer, you know. No, I call, yeah. them, I call them highlight reels. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get that. You know, somebody videos a, a two-minute clip or a minute clip or something like that, and they post it up, and that's good. I'm glad they do. I'm not knocking it by no means. No, but, no, but, uh, not at all. But we but that really like in the field though you know if we're out there really a watching dogs it ain't always yeah. that just head high running what i call it no it ain't it ain't and, and let me ask you that right there you know talking about social media and i see you on social media and you see me on there but uh, yeah. uh yes. do, you, do you think that the the social media influence has has helped or hindered the dog business it would be hard to say mike I, it would be hard to say i feel like sometimes it can be good but uh, going back, not to criticizing nobody, I think one thing that does hurt us with social media is we get a lot of young men, a lot of young sportsmen, or even older guys. Boy, they, you know, they, they get hearing people talk about rabbit hunting they've never been, and then there's so many dogs on there for $200 mm-hmm. that is dogs that has ever run to rabbit. And then these guys buy this dog, and it won't run a rabbit, or it's it runs junk all the time, or just not a good quality dog. And then there they are. I mean, they're bringing home somebody else's trouble. And, you know, that guy gets that dog, he has spent his money on it, and it really discourages him. The next thing you know, that guy's quit the sport because there's a lot of good, great $200 dogs on there, and the guy didn't do his homework and didn't know no better neither, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So he yeah. can have goods and bads. I mean, you really, you really need to. I mean, I have guys all the time, they'll call, man, we, we need a rabbit dog. And, uh, really, for for last month here, um, we've had guys stopping in, and I mean, they're just stopping at the house. You can see my kennels now from the road, and I've never lived that close to a road. It ain't a real busy road, but it is a highway, 
and they'll stop at the house and they're wanting to buy uh, six, eight, ten week old puppies and, and ready to rabbit hunt, you know, and I tell them, guys, <laughs> that pup's going to be ready to rabbit hunt in two months, you know. Mm. Mm. It, I mean, you know, that, so social media, I feel like it, it can be good or bad. I mean, if it's somebody that knows what they're doing and knows, you know, what to look for, I guess, it would be good for those guys maybe, but for a newbie or a beginner that don't know, I mean, and, and distrusting somebody's word there, you really, you really need to watch who you're dealing with. I mean, I guess that's only thing we do, it is. But you know, I mean, I just feel like it. Uh, it could be good or it could be bad. I guess it's hard to say. Yeah. Well, it, you know, and I agree uh, when it comes to that. As far as a uh, uh, personal perspective, you know, on the on the sport, uh, coming from my view, you know, I, I'm fourth generation, and so. Um, you know, I raised pretty much everything. If I don't come from Branco, usually it ain't something that I'm going to have, but, uh, but, but I'll say this, I I have, I, I, I say the good in it. Let me, let me say the pros here on my end, uh, see if you agree. Uh, networking has got a lot better than it was back in the nineties and stuff when we were younger and having to jump in the truck and travel to wherever and take a, take a dog out in the field and spend half a day or a day and running a dog and then decide whether he's going to come back with it or not. Uh, so, uh, the, the, the social networking that we've been able to do through the media, social media is, has been better. I've met a lot of great people over, over these years since I've been on social media, um, oh, yeah. just tons of, tons of great people. And, and so I think that it comes down to a uh, person and, and their own perspective. Uh, I will say this, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned it guys, you know, for those that are out there, that may be listening and you're thinking about getting into rabbit hunting or coon hunting or squirrel dogging, whatever it is you want to do, get you a good mentor, get you somebody that you can trust that that's going to tell you right. You know, not, not somebody's just wanting to say you a dog. Somebody's going to tell you right. Cause I've had well, that go ahead. Like Branko told me at time, Mike, uh, when they told me about those pads and I said it, you know, they was being straightforward. I didn't like what they said, but at the same time, they was being honest with me. And so somebody like that really gets my eye, you know, they get my ears, they do. And you can respect that. And so that's what I would say to anybody. Uh, and I know you agree to get you a good mentor. Somebody's going to be honest and tell you straight up. And, and here's the thing. Don't ask somebody what you think, what they think about a dog. If you don't want to know the truth. Yes, most definitely. Because <laughs> if you ask Jonathan Collins, I promise he's going to tell you what he thinks. If you ask me, I know I'm going to tell you what I think, and it might not be exactly what you want to hear. But if you get a good mentor, they'll kind of you know steer you in the right direction on that type of stuff. Make you a lot of trouble and time and discourage in the long run. Yeah, and I was and I look and I know you come from a family of, of hounds, men and women. And, uh, yeah. and, you know, and I'm fourth generation, I'm lucky enough to have had a daddy and, and, uh, uh, grandparents, everybody that's come into uh play. And uh, honestly, what I did is I just took what I, what's been generationally in my family and I just put it all here at Cottonville road and here we go, you know, and just went with yeah. it from there. You know, what I was taught growing up and the things that I, I learned on my own, you know, and things that I was taught by them. A mentor is a big deal in the in well, I'm gonna say in the hound world, having a good mentor is a big deal in the hound world for knowing what you got and what you're looking at. And I think a really good mentor at the end of the day just ain't trying to get in your belt, though, guys. I mean, you That's know, right. 
when when it starts with the BFO and the money right there, I mean, just cut it off at that point is what I would advise any young man, older guy trying to get into sports because they are people out here just after the dollar, guys. And man, man like me got 50 dogs. I sure ain't after the money in it. But <laughs> I can't sell it some of these lines. You know? <laughs> That's the truth. I think we can all agree on that. You ain't after the money because you definitely got a lot of dogs. <laughs> That's that's the truth right there. And you know, and I have I've got guys that come here and bought pups from me that you know it was their first or second puppy or maybe third or fourth or or, or whether it was their fiftieth, and they come here and they deal with us, you know, and uh, and I, and I keep up with them and they they let me know how that dog's doing, how it's progressing. Because as a breeder, I want to know, you know. Definitely, I I mean uh, I made a cross back and. Uh, and these guys are calling, and these guys is guys that's been trolling for years or or rabbit hunting for years, and it feels so good to me. My reward out of it is I had a guy the other day, he's finished several dogs. He's been in beagles probably another 10 years longer than I have, and uh, I let him have a young male dog here, and the message read, this could be once-in-a-lifetime kind of hound. Mm. Well, that is my payoff right there. That's my That's reward right. for the breeder. Uh, just saying that message from that guy, you know, mm-hmm. or get a picture of a first rabbit hunt with their kids or their grandkids. That's to me. That's what this is all about. It is absolutely, absolutely carrying on the tradition. If I sell a pup, five hundred dollar pup, it's going back in dog feed. It ain't going in my bill It ain't going in my savings account. It's just going right back down there into that barrel, you know. I guarantee it with fifty dogs, my friend. I promise you ain't making a dime. No. <laughs> like you said, your reward is is uh, seeing those dogs become rabbit dogs and seeing the joy that they bring other people and other families. And I think that's great, man. I think that's how we keep this tradition alive and keep it moving. I gave Dustin Williams, which is, he, he don't need no introduction now in the AKC. I gave him a female pup, and, man, he done such a great job with that dog, and I watched her progress. He uh, he made her a field champion. I think he come really close to Hound of the Year, maybe runner-up or did win Hound of the Year, and then he had won the runoffs maybe a couple different formats with that dog, and to me there was no more payoff right there than watching that dog succeed like that. You know, that's I'd ever see somebody else succeed with one as me, uh, Mike. That's the type of guy I am. I agree. I agree. It tickles me good when I hear about one making field champion or, or hunting beagle champion or whatever format they're running in. And it also tickles me good whenever somebody calls me back and says, hey, man, this dog's really done a good job. We really appreciate it. You know, and their kids are enjoying hunting with it or whatever. Um, and that's how we keep this thing going. And, well, let's switch gears just a little bit right here, and, and uh, let's talk about <clears throat> some of your achievements that you've had in field trialing. Yes, yes, yes. Mike, I finished two dogs I have, and I play several dogs I have, which is now my dogs finished pretty quick, man, in AKC. They did. Uh, they was young. They was 19, 20 months old. They finished in a handful of trials. I mean, seven, eight trials I was done with them. I was. Wow. I was, I mean, had a great time, you know, great time with them. I got to run against some really good dogs, met a lot of really good men too. I mean, no other way would I know these guys if it wasn't for the dogs. Right. Right. What now what were them, them two dogs you finished? What's their names? Uh, Collins and slow down Roscoe and Collins and slow down buddy. 
which is now Buddy. I didn't completely finish him. I had uh, just a little left on him, and I sold him to a boy. I did. Great kid, great young kid. Uh, Mike, he finished him as a little pack champion as well, and uh, he was running them towards a grand, and he had four wins. I think it was towards grand. He liked one win of being a grand, he did, in ARHA. He did, and then he finished him on out for his field champion gun dog title. He did. Oh, good. Good deal. Good deal. And the little boy was a man of his word, buddy. I tell you, he, uh, he got married and started a family. He did, and uh, he called me back here one evening asked me if I went the dog back, and, buddy, he done me right home, and I bought the dog back. Boy, I was glad to get him back at home, I was. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I had a similar experience like that with a pup out of whip uh, years ago. Um, boy up here, Jason Gordon's son had, uh, he'd wanted a pup. They didn't have any beagles and they showed up at a field trial up there at Randolph County Beagle Club. And I was there and I got to talking to him and all, and that boy was wanting a beagle. And I said, I tell you what, I said, you get your daddy to bring you down to my kennel on Wednesday. I was going to be around the house. I said, uh, I'll put a pup in your hand. And I said, uh, but you got to promise me that you'll do, that you'll do what I say. And he said that he would. And I tell you what, that young boy he was 13, I think he was 13 years old at the time. Maybe uh, he might have been 12 years old. I don't know. But uh, anyways, he was young. And uh, he came and got the dog, him and his daddy did. And uh, he wanted to learn how to field trial, of course. That was part of the deal. He'd take him and hunt him in the, in the hunts, even if he didn't travel, if he just hunted right there at, uh, close to home, you know, up at Randolph County Beagle Club. And I tell you what, his daddy brought him down here two days a week all summer long. Two yes. days a week, and me and him run together, and I taught him how to handle. And he took that dog. Now, you know my dog Spank down there. Um, uh, that was Spank's brother, Sam. And here just a few months ago, they that boy's done got grown now, and uh, Sam's uh, about seven, yeah, seven years old, and uh, him and Spank are. And uh, uh, his daddy called me and said that, you know, he was, you know, just graduated school and he had his, you know, getting started on the farm and they didn't have time. To run. He said, you, do you want Sam back? I said, yeah, I'll take him back. I said, what you want for him? He said, well, you gave him to us. He said, I'm going to give him back. And they made a hunting beagle champion out of him, uh, a show champion out of him. And I mean, he, he, he did that boy, that young boy did exactly what he said he's going to do. So we can appreciate that. Can't we? Yes, yes, yes. I tell you what, it's always fun to run those dogs too. It is. I, I know Buddy. He's still alive. Roscoe. He's he's dead now. And shoot, I'll take Buddy out and run him. And Mike, uh, he's coming on. Let's see, he's coming twelve. He is, which is he can't handle a hard day no more. I don't run them enough to keep them in shape. But boy, you'll find out how good your young dogs is when you take them and out and run with them. You know. Yeah, you're right so, about that. Wait, these guys. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he was just a rabbit dog, Mike. He he started the first rabbit he saw. He run it. He even run track on. Uh, he did. He he used his nose, and uh, buddy hit one just shortly after that. I mean, fourteen, fifteen months old. It took a real good four year old dog to run with him. It did. He was just he was great. Yeah, and <clears throat> and it's great to see that you know. And uh, we hate to see them get old, but boy, I tell you what, they load us up with memories, don't they? And uh, oh, yes, get- memories. A lot of good folks along the way, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, and that—that's one thing I like about you know running the format we run. You, we might be in the field out there, and four of us in UKC. You know, we run a we run in the wild, and we run in the in the um, uh, cast. You know, we cast out. You know, and go, and um, 
that you got four four people hunting and a judge, you know, the judge is a hunting judge. And people say, oh, I don't want to hunt with a judge that's hunting. Well, it's better to do that than a non-hunting because I can argue with the one that's hunting <laughs> and we can we can vote him down if we if it ain't right, you know, or whatever. But we generally don't have no trouble. But, uh, um, you know, getting out there and, and fellowshipping with these guys. And sometimes we might be out there and be in a debate. And, you know, I don't argue with anybody, but we might be out there uh, – uh, carrying on about something, but soon as soon as that judge says handle the dogs and the clock's over with and the card's done, man, we get in the truck and go eat together and have a good time because that's what friends and fellowships all about. Most definitely, most definitely, a lot of good friends over the way. I mean, we still. Uh, I got one good friend there, Dallas Russell. We'll even go out to Peabody and camp out and stay five or six days, and we we go to hunt. But most of the time, we don't even take a gun. We will just let the dogs run. Yeah. We. Yes, yeah. I mean, we put a lot of moths on while we're out there. We cook, we cook, we camp out, build build a fire, roast hot dogs, and shoot. We love it, buddy. It's kind of like a nice getaway. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that absolutely. Well, tell me, uh, let's uh, let's talk about your dogs and uh, tell tell us. All right, so now up up your way, do y'all y'all mostly just got cottontails, or you got any hair up there? Sure, it is, Mike. We got cottontails, and we can drive. Uh, we can drive two and a half hours west, and now we can run uh, quite a few swampers out there. We can western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Now, we can run swampers, but now, I mean, here at home, all we have is cottontail hideous. Got you, got you. So, what's your what's your training program look like? So, let me ask you this: So, if you got a you got an eight week old puppy, you raise that pup up, and you see you got the potential here. Uh, so, so how's you? How's your training go from 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 the time you decide you're going? This is the pup you're going to keep, or the pups you're going to keep. What's your training program look like? Getting them out there and getting them going. I, I play with them quite a bit, Mike. I love laying hands on a pup. I do. I'm constantly down there playing with them. Uh, I got a little run there. I let them out. I let them exercise. Get them on the ground daily, daily. Play with them every day. Then when they start getting up around three and a half, four months old, five. I break them to tie out. I love to break a dog to tie. I'll tie them out on chains, leave them out a few hours or over a day, put them back in the kennel of the nights. I do. And pup usually gets around five months old. I'll load one up at a time, take it over to the farm, just let it run around and be a pup, you know. Uh, well, then, then around six, six and a half, seven months old, I'll either get to taking them every day to start them myself or I'll either put them in a starting pen, I will. I will. And then usually once they get to running that track and I see them, boy, really wanting to get in our grub, uh, try to be a little, you know, getting a little bit more competitive, I'll break that pup out. And man, I'll solo the far out of my will. I love to solo a young dog, I do. Man, yeah. Man, yeah. I love a solo. I love it. Yes. And, and uh, you know, some of them's different than others. I've had them here, buddy, at nine months old, could run a rabbit by themselves as good as the two-year-old. Then some of them, it takes a little bit more time, but I try to kind of watch that fine line there. I'll, I'll solo them a week or two and then uh, take them with a couple a couple dogs. And I see them not wanting to lift their head up and go to a pack or something like that. Then I'll get to bracing them or run them in a trio or something, make sure, you know, they're wanting to get to the pack and honor honor that pack, you know. Well, you know me, I, 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 I have to watch that fine line myself and you don't, you definitely don't want one to get overly independent. Uh, no, I've wondered where they wouldn't even go to, even if they wasn't running that I'd solo one dog there so much once that 
a pack of beer running, and if he smelled her and bit of sin on the ground, man, that's it. He's, he'd stay there till he made his jump, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he'd pull his head up and go to a pack, and then I knew right then I had done too much at that point. Yeah, I've, I've uh, honestly, I've run a few myself that, that never did get, uh, you know, we don't want them to be dependent, but we don't want them to be overly independent. And it's a fine, like I said, it's a fine line right there uh, when it comes to solo. And in my program, my solo program is pretty well, I mean, I've been doing it for so long that, uh, you know, I've, I've, I say, there ain't a dog that I own that don't get soloed. Everything that I own gets soloed up. Uh, even when, here's the thing. Percy, when when Percy died, he was eight years old, and I'd still take him out and solo him. And Maggie, she's eleven. I still take her out and solo her. Um, I love the dog solo. I mean, we've had them here that would run. Uh, Buddy, for instance, he would he'd run six mile an hour better. I mean, just lock on and drive a rabbit. Didn't need no help. I mean, he just run to catch. Uh, barrel of fun to watch those dogs solo. I mean, they they would just put a show on just right out there by themselves. They would. Yeah, and, and you know, you you increasing the uh, you, you're you're increasing your odds or your chances of getting to the maximum potential of that pup whenever you're you've got a good solo program going on like that, and then you know take them out, put them in, take them out, put them in. You know, uh, I got a pup down there right now, winter. She is. Uh, Man, she can do it. I, I'm really tickled with her. She took on really well to it. And some dog, like you said, some dogs a little, a little slower about taking on to the program, you know. <clears throat> and uh, and don't fix everything. I mean, no. you know, if a dog can't handle pressure, you can solo them every day. And then as soon as you throw them back down with them seven dogs, I mean, he'll come unglued. That's when he we was- switch the game up, though. That's when we say, "Okay, well, we're gonna get you used to pressure." <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna press on you a little bit. So, uh, yeah. and that 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 will usually if a dog's got brains, and you know, going back to what we breed for and stuff, if a dog's got brains, they'll figure it out. Yeah, they're gonna come back around uh, the right way of thinking, ain't they? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like you said, they'll be eating somebody else's dog food. So. Uh, yeah. I have a good breeding program. You got to have a good solid dog with brains. But I'm gonna tell you, boys, a lot of it. I I feel like it's a handler bringing the potential out in the dog too. Absolutely, you got to be. You got as a, as a houndsman, you got to know a hound. You know. Yeah, yeah, yes. It all boils back down to that. If you don't, I mean, you you're not succeeding. Yeah, yeah. Now, what's your uh, now what's your feeding program look like on them young dogs working up into their uh, young adults and then into their adult life? Now, 